0: Well good morning. How are you guys doing today? I guess I already asked that question. You doing good still? Right? Yeah. Woohoo. Well thank you all for say what? Holding strong. Holding strong. Holding on for the potluck. Well thank you all for, for being here today as we get to gather. We get to worship the Lord. And we are called to actually do this together. Uh, the author of Hebrews states it like this: Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some as the habit of some, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And we we come together as a body of believers. To do what? To stir up, right? To stir up one another as a as a body. You know that made me think about what we talked about uh, through Romans 12 uh, through the summer uh, at Church in the Park. Is that you know we're all called out to be a living sacrifice. We're all gifted, and then we're all to be together and not think too highly of ourselves but to be about love and good deeds to build up the body, right? You know, we we are called to come together to care for one another, to pray for one another, that we would love and that we would be about good works that God has set before us, right? You go and read Ephesians 2:10 and we are his workmanship. How we talked about blessings last week. How amazing is that blessing to know that we are workmanship in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we have this, right? We have a, a habit, right? We, we build a habit of, hey, Timmy, make your bed. And Timmy, I don't know. I, there's no Timmy's here, so I'll just pick on Timmy. Um, brush your teeth. Now exercise. Eat good food. Eat those broccoli or Brussels sprouts. Who likes Brussels sprouts? Right? Ooh, yeah, Brussels sprouts. everything bagel seasoning and butter just next time you make some put it on there, it's amazing Okay, moving on from cooking shows uh, <laughs> you know, we have this habit to come together that we would worship the Lord in song and in opening the word you know, today we get to celebrate to do this in remembrance of, of what the Lord has done you know, together as as the body as the set apart people of God but uh, before we go into the Word for a little bit, let's let's start with a Word of Prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father God, we we thank you for today. I thank you that we can sing songs that just are so full of truth that you are the steadfast rock, the stronghold in all things. That as the world fails and falls and tempests, tempests, rage, storms, rage, that we are safe and secure in the one that has made us alive. And that in Christ Jesus alone we are alive, we are bound for eternal glory. And as we repent and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a sure foundation of hope thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for calling us out to be living sacrifices, for calling us out and gifting us, for calling us out and loving us. Father, just be with us in this time as we open up your word. And thank you for today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, as debts are collected, they must be paid, right? Right? If you break it, you buy it. At least that's the how the old saying goes. And more and more today, the, the question of why did Jesus have to die comes about. And I, I think really that, that comes about more now, even more naturally, I feel. Because we live in a culture that has really thrown out responsibility. And therefore it doesn't understand debt. But the truth is if if something is broken someone's gonna have to pay to fix it the person and work of jesus the good news makes us look back right back to the beginning because we have to see the bad news first why is it called good news well there's there's bad news we have to understand our state before a holy and just God. You know, one what what apologist that I follow on Facebook had a, a conversation with a friend, saying, "You know, why why can't someone just wave a magic wand and then the price of sin vanishes?" Well, she brought it about. To we need to look at God. We need to look at who He is. And why we need the good news so dearly. I'll go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. But in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 7... The prophet of the Lord writes this In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. It's like such an amazing Bible passage. Isaiah saw the Lord and thought he was dead because the Lord of hosts is holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah is unclean, right? He he knows this for certain. He is of a people of unclean lips. And therefore he is undone. He is ruined. And the very first thing this passage points out is that God is holy and we are not the second thing is this thankfully right God doesn't leave us there see God is 100% holy but he is also 100% mercy and he shows Isaiah mercy the sin that Isaiah came face to face with was his lips and the seraphim touched what? Right? Touched his mouth with the coal. And said this. His sin was atoned for. The New American Standard Bible says forgiven. You'll look at that word in the, the lexicon. That's the Greek study tool that shows you the meaning behind the words. And it says this. The word means covered. It is Covered. And therefore, because his sin was atoned for, it was covered, it was forgiven, he could interact with the Lord and receive his call, as he does in six nine. a few short verses later. We understand that God, the person, God, his dwelling place, heaven, is holy. It is set apart. One psalmist says it like this, For you are not a God who delights in wickedness, and evil may not dwell with you so the lord does not delight in evil or in darkness so that it is excluded from his very presence i go ahead and turn over in your bibles with me to second corinthians chapter 2 2 Corinthians chapter 2 of verses 14 through 17 and Paul is writing to the Corinthian church here and he says this but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to other to the other a fragrance of life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of the word of God's word, but as men of sincerity sincerity. As commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Christ leads alone to life. And in him, we we spread this, right? We spread a fragrance of the knowledge of God. I love that term. I'm like, oh yeah, it smells good. It smells nice, (laughs) right? The aroma of Christ to God. This is the fragrance of of life. But there is also a fragrance of death. And as I was looking at this passage, I I remember a gospel tract that I read in Bible college. It was was huge. (laughs) But it actually described that God couldn't be around sin like we couldn't walk through the woods and want to sit right by a rotting and decaying corpse. We wouldn't want to do that like walking into our house and smelling rotting oil left over from cooking you want to expunge that from your very presence you want to take it to the trash now, this is why we need to speak of Christ dying for sin because only if we are hidden in Christ then this is what happens when we when Christ when we are in Christ When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. See, if Christ is our life, and our life is in Christ, then we will appear with Him in glory. We will not be sent to damnation. As Jesus speaks in Matthew, He talks to those on His left. And he says, Depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. See, hell is like this. GotQuestions.org, great site for any any biblical questions you have. says this, The valley of Gehenna was a place of burning sewage, burning flesh and garbage maggots and worms crawled through the waste and the smoke smelled strong and sickening it was a place utterly filthy disgusting and repulsive to the nose and eyes and even those reading this part it's like ah no thank you Gehenna presented such a vivid image that Christ used it as a symbolic description of hell a place of eternal torment and constant uncleanness where fire never ceased burning and the worm never stopped crawling this is why rebels go there. Because sin stains our very nature, and we cannot appear before a holy and just God in our broken, stained, death aroma state. We first need to be covered, atoned for. Now that the bad news is over, we get to look at the good news, right? Woohoo! Thanks be to God. Because now we look at God's mercy just as we've seen as we've studied through Nahum there is a way out of judgment right a way out of wrath that is coming from a just God who is 100% justice as well he is against all iniquity as we saw last week Nahum proclaims it like this in chapter 1 the Lord is good and a stronghold in the day of trouble he knows those who take refuge in him and there is a way out the Lord alone who is good who is the stronghold that will never fail or fall he knows who takes refuge in him and he knows the proud right he speaks to the proud he knows who the rebels are and he speaks to them he knows those who build their own strongholds and he knows those who do not trust in him but themselves see God wants us to bear our stained hearts to Him and do this. The prophet Isaiah writes this, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. I've always loved that passage because it's the Lord who calls out that we would come to Him he wants to reason with us. He wants to help us with our struggles. We only have to surrender to Him, right? Which is the problem, right? What prideful rebel wants to trust a king who would court him with law and rule? But that law and rule doesn't harm us, it protects us. I think there's a there's a plaque in Harvard, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's Latin for "in ch- in chains there's life," and it's an interesting plaque that I I've heard of. But it's like how how reverse is that now in our culture? No, lawlessness is life. Mm-hmm. No, lawlessness leads to death and destruction and mayhem. The Lord sees us as we are, scarlet with sin. Deeply stained, smelly. I mean, who wants to live by a trash can, right? I don't. You gotta drop it off and run away, right? You know, depending on what's on the menu for the raccoons, at least. <laughs> but he alone tells us this. He knows the depth of our sins and everything, and he says this: "I will wash you. I will make you white as snow." You now this points us back to the beginning as well. Paul tells us in, in Romans this, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to old men because old men sinned. All right, you ever hear that statement? Well, if I was an Adam in Adam and Eve's position, I wouldn't have done that. It's like, no, you would have gotten the ball rolling and we would have just kicked it down the street. You know, That's right, all of humanity just kicks the, the ball down the street. Adam and Eve believed a lie. They rebelled against God and chose to eat of the tree which they were told not to eat of. But what happens? Right after the fall, God comes and He calls out. Just like in Isaiah, He calls out, Adam, where are you? And the Lord knew perfectly well where Adam was. He was right behind that bush over there. But He wanted Adam to come to Him. So Adam and Eve come before the Lord and the Lord deals with the fall and with the reality of what has happened with truth. Have you ever blamed your sibling for something? Oh, no, you broke the lamp. No, you broke the lamp, Mom. Right? God put a stop to the blame game right away and dealt with the reality of all the guilty parties. They were to be punished. Creation was cursed. But yet right in all of that, the first promise was given in Genesis as he speaks to the serpent God says this I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel and right away chapter 3 let Satan know the end of the story you're going to die your plans will fail the offspring will come. See, my mother-in-law would like that because she always likes to read the end of the book first. Oh, you, you know the end of the story already. The stake crusher is coming and he will smash you. The whole of the Old Testament tells of the offspring coming, right? Of promises with the one to come. Now Genesis... Uh, if you want to turn with me your Bibles to Genesis chapter twelve. In Genesis chapter twelve, when the Lord is calling out Abram, who will later be renamed Abraham, as as we all know him. But the Lord says this to him. Now the Lord said to Abram... uh, Sorry, verses 1 through 3 in Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now God called Abram to make him into a nation. That through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. So now it's like a grid, right? We know what people the offspring would come from, from the Hebrews. And they grow from a family to a nation. They are led out of slavery from Egypt. They conquer the promised land. They were faithful and faithless. They were judged. They were exiled. They were brought back into the land. And then they waited. Paul tells us this in Romans. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants... The giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs. From their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed, forever. Amen. Now they had the promise, right? The promise that the virgin would give birth, that the son given would be Emmanuel, who is God with us. And that he would be mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor, come to rescue us from sin and death. Now that's the whole of the Old Testament. The whole of the Old Testament tells us someone is coming and he get, it gives us the address of where he will be born, how he will die, why he will die. And he tells us this, he will not stay dead he will overcome the very grave. And Matthew points this out after recording what the angel told to Joseph. And he says, "This all this took place to fulfill what the what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us." And right then the New Testament gospels jump right in. Someone's coming. And then someone is here. He has arrived. We have found Him, right? You go read any beginning part of the Gospels, and it's, we have found the Messiah. We have found the one Moses and the prophets have spoken to time and time again as He calls His disciples. And we are told this by those authors to behold Him, to worship Him, and to know Him, for He has come The one from God is here. Jesus, the Messiah, (coughs) is pointed to. Excuse me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John proclaim him because they know the world needs to see him and deal with him. Because just as Jesus states himself, he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no one else, because no one else can fulfill the law and prophets. No one else was sent by God. Jesus is the true light that we may believe upon him. I love how Peter declares this line as well in the book of Acts. He says this, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by what? by excuse me by which we must be saved no one else can offer what Jesus offers no they offer self help feel good theology or do it yourself guide to life only five easy steps right oh man but the truth is, is that apart from God there is no good Right? We're all lost and wayward. It's only the good one, the one who is holy, can come and give us this gift, which is himself. Right? Now, please turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 3. it's a dry heat up here today Romans chapter 3 verses 21 through 26 Paul states this but now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. It's a big word for covering connects right back to what Isaiah had, right? Atoned for, forgiven. He covers us by his blood. To be received by faith. That's trusting and resting upon and believing in Jesus. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. How cool is that? And the person of Jesus is not only 100% man and 100% God, but 100% of the justice of God and 100% of the mercy of God is also seen. You know, the law shows us this. That we are dead. And that we have no way to God. Right? That's the bad news. But the good news is this, that the righteousness of God has come. It has manifested itself apart from the law. And it's pointed to by the law and the prophets. The whole of the Old Testament, right? Someone is coming. Someone is needed. And the gospel states someone is here. And then the letters explain that well someone's here someone's done the work now what do you do well you believe upon him you rest in him you live as new creations for Jesus is the Christ right the anointed one the son of God I love this verse right you know usually we only know Romans 3 23 right are of sin and fallen short of the glory of God but right there in the end and are justified by his grace as a gift. there's no distinction all have sinned and all have this free gift offered to them. the redemption in Christ Jesus for he covers all sin by his blood. And if we place our faith in him we are justified and no longer bound for condemnation but for glory, as we rest in the finished work of Christ. Let's uh, close in a word of prayer. Father God, we we thank you for today. Thank you for not leaving us in a broken estate, but calling us to life. And that the triumphal procession behind Christ is offered. That we step into life by placing our faith in Him. And knowing that if our life is hidden in Christ, we are are bound for glory. With You. Lord, thank You for today. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for your mercy and thank you for this time that we can be together as a body and seek to just know you more to wonder at your promises and to see that you work through all of history and that you are a God that keeps your promises as we enter into this time of communion may we just ponder upon the work of Jesus for humanity that your blood your broken body has atoned has covered sin and that the message would go forth and that people would believe and repent and that rebels would turn and kneel before their king and take refuge in Him alone who is the stronghold. Because everywhere else there is only death and judgment and hell. with you we are bound for heaven, bound for, for blessings and everything that we have in Christ and then knowing you for the whole of our life and for all of eternity. Thank you for this time, Lord, together. Be with us as we remember together. Be with us as we celebrate and as we fellowship during potluck. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.